I'm just, we're just gonna go straight into it. Okay. So, okay. So, um, Ornab, the one minute book review, um, founder and host. Uh, for a living, you do. You, you're actually a business analyst. Indeed, uh, I am. And uh, you are a very, very successful um, podcaster and uh, a. I'm gonna call you a book reviewist. Okay. I don't know if that's an official term in the Oxford Dictionary. Well, you're more intellectual than I am. Okay, <laughs> certainly you've read more books than I have. On on uh, on on the gram, we're called bookstagrammers. Yes, that's right. Yes. So let's start off. Let's kick off with um, what is, if I can call it, OMBR. OMBR is a one-minute book review and. All the time I get the question, how did you start it um, from people now as they see the, the channel growing and the community growing that I get messages daily from people who are like, oh, I want to start my own channel. I want to reach out to people. I want to share my message and, and talk about the books and ideas and, and things like that. And the thing I always say to them is the way I started was I've always been big into reading as a kid. As a kid, though, I was more into to fiction. So I was into, you know, reading books about you know, Robert much more and, and, you know, your classics like the Roald Dahls, all that kind of stuff as a, as a kid. And then I studied English at, at, at A-level and, you know, that passion for reading has always been there. But uh, I started this channel when I was commuting into London and I was doing two hours a day. Uh, uh, round trip was four hours a day, so two hours each way to, to South Croydon, a wonderful part of the world. And uh, there I kind of had four hours in a day to be like, well, what am I going to use this time for? And around that time, I was like, well, well, how can I fill this time? And I think I just came across you know, a book on my shelf and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do this. And then I read the book in the first couple of weeks. I read the book Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. And I was like, how can I do something with the book stuff? And, you know, I'm quite passionate about it and, and learning about it. And the one minute book review I did just came straight into my head, like within... I want to say five seconds like it just popped into my mind i'm like instagram had a had a a limit of one minute and i was like one minute book review no one's doing this so i furiously typed in on google one minute book review and then i saw that there was no one there and i was like i've got this i'm doing this so i set up my page and uh yeah we're here i don't know how many years later i was probably at the back end of 2017 and then i did that pretty much uh for since then but i think i took about nine months off last year and i didn't really post anything for, for nine months or so just because you know there's other stuff going on but now i've started to, to get back into it and we've seen some 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 real growth really the last four or five months so yeah i mean thirty five thousand followers yeah with a handful of um following yeah it's it's um it's a bit crazy like last yeah, no, yes hey, yesterday listen. yesterday was the most surreal moment so yesterday i got an audio message from robin sharma Oh yeah. So Robin Sharma is, for those people who don't know, is an author and motivational speaker. And I put out a poll for my followers about like my quarantine list and his book came up first. And I basically just tagged him in it like I always do to all the authors. And I was in a, I was in a meeting call for work and I saw my notifications. I was like, Robin, Robin Sharma has sent you an audio message. I'm like, oh. And part of me was thinking he's going to come back to me and be like, oh, you know, you've plagiarized my thing. You haven't tagged me. I thought he was going to send to Instagram to get me like taken off. 
and I listened to my audio, the audio message and he was like, you know, I love what you're doing with your channel, you know, spreading the word and positivity during this time. And it was it was a really nice message that I got from him. And, and that was a big kind of like, oh, my God, he actually sent me an audio message. And I think he has a million followers or something on Instagram or wow. something crazy like that. And he put me on his story. And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. The, the world of the Internet, you know, and um, how do you, I mean, how do you how it's interesting? I mean, how do you feel? Uh, being in the position that you're in? That's a very good question. I think I feel very happy that the things that I'm sharing with people, they get a lot of value from it. I think I think a lot of people come at it with the wrong angle, especially when posting stuff is they don't come at it with the angle of delivering value. And I've always come up with the the angle of delivering value and, and giving as much value as I can to, to my followers. And I get so many messages from people saying, thank you for giving me this recommendation. You know, it's changed my mindset. Uh, thank you for, for the things that you talk about because I think it's really important. And I think that for me is definitely what I try and focus on is making sure that the people who follow me and, and listen to me are getting as much value as they can because it's an attention game at the end of the day is, the things that you're putting out is there's especially now with everyone inside there's so many people making content there's so many people putting their messages out there is how can you deliver the most content that you can during during that specific time so that i think is is what i try and focus on really and um yeah it's been uh, it's been crazy the last but couple how of does weeks. it make you feel it makes me feel good obviously that people message me like I get up in the morning and I answer all my 50 or so messages that I have 55 messages outstanding at the moment and I wake up and a majority of my followers are international so I get up in the morning and I've got another 40 waiting for me as I get up so it's it's nice because people ask me questions like I need tips to read faster I need tips for this book they keep on sending me their books and Unfortunately, I can't read everyone's book, but so, uh, so you're 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 like a, 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 a what is it a KPI in in your interest in your industry by a Daniel Priestley. Yes, yeah, key person of influence. Yes, shout out to Daniel Priestley. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I so the whole thing for me is I want to be a a medium for people to get access to books or to to get information about books. See. So for me, I always wanted someone to be like, this is the books that you should read for these specific topics, whatever that might be. And there wasn't that really that person out there. So you have, you know, you have your Tim Ferriss's, you have your Ryan Holiday's, you have your Lewis Howes, all that kind of stuff who interview authors and, and do that kind of stuff. But they go across the board. So they speak to everyone. Majority of the time they are authors and they are promoting a book. But I wanted to be specifically book related with the kind of people I talk about. And... I think the way that I've approached it and the way that I want to feel about it is that I am contributing to people to read more. That is like my main goal is I want to be there for people who perhaps are beginning to read and they don't know where to start. And then I'm that introduction for this journey that will take them to many, many places and, and speaking to many, many people. So I want to be that first step for them to be like, yes, I don't know what books to read. Where can I go? Do you do you view this as a business? As so my 
approach to this is this is a platform for a business in the future but i don't see myself as an influencer as a business so my my goal and my goal from the start was and i got this goal very early was to use this as a platform to gain following for the uh, eventual publishing of my own book whatever that might be i have a couple of ideas at the moment and i'm working towards one at the moment and then using that as a platform my following as a platform to then bridge the gap between authors and readers so my idea is that first book would be self-published and it'll be under my own publishing company now that publishing company would then obviously gain revenue hopefully from that book and and gain traction and that kind of stuff and they'll use that as further investment to get authors into my publishing company and then they start publishing their books so my goal as a business is to have a publishing company that goal has been that from the start but i have thought well what's the best way to go about that now still having a job and still studying uh, as a business analyst that is obviously priority in the short term and the thing that i don't have is capital so i can't go and put fifty thousand pounds into creating a publishing company but i think the best thing to do for me and this is what i learned from gary vaynerchuk and, and these kind of people is gain that following and gain that trust for you know three four five years and then once you're in a position to be like, okay, I want to, you know, save up some capital, get some, get some interest, because you never know who you might meet. You might have find business partners who want to invest money, and you never know who you're going to meet. So, but having an, an audience and having a following is, is has been my main goal, and I've always approached that with try and start the conversation, like always be the one to start the conversation. So whether that's approaching people and being like, this is a great post, and and you know just engaging in conversation as much as you can rather than just going about it as in i make this content put it out there and, and wait for people to come to me i think i think initially i started off with that mindset of just posting and then seeing what happens now i'm much more on the the side of engaging i mean you probably see my post and be like he's posting quite a bit but i spend i want to say five times more engaging with people than i do actually posting or or spending time on instagram is is just engaging with people as much as I can and having a conversation and building up that rapport and trust, which I think is so important because if people don't trust what you're saying, and yeah. then like the whole relationship is is off. And and if I once I lose that trust with someone, I think it's very difficult maybe to get that back. And like I said to you earlier, it's a it's a attention thing. If they don't feel like they're getting value from me, they'll go to someone else. So that's my main thing. Like yeah, and I think I think the, the advantage you have at the moment is that you you're in a unique space um, in what you're doing. I mean, there are other people, I guess, who do reviews, but you know the the way you do it, and I think your your personality is quite engaging. I just wanted to just say one thing about um, to the listeners about you know your uh, commitments to um, not only to the one minute book review, but as you said, you're a business analyst. Uh, you are looking to complete SEMA, which is a professional accounting qualification. Precisely. Yes. So you're doing a job, you're doing yes. that qualification. Yes. And you're a level two PT looking yes. to complete level three. Yes. That's quite a, you know, and running uh, running this this potential organization that you're you're building, and it's a fantastic, um, fantastic. One minute books limited. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a vision, and it's an awesome vision. Um, how do you? Well, before I come back to that to that point, I think there's one thing I want to ask you is, you know, you've talked about how you feel about it, and you've talked about 
potentially what it gives you in terms of that satisfaction and fulfillment and affinity with your um, with your followers and your audience. What's your why? Good question, Simon Sinek. Yes. That's a very good question. And it's one I ask myself on a daily basis. I think after reading that book, it definitely triggered that questioning in my mind. <clears throat> As you've probably seen from, from my website and on the mission statement, education has always been a big part of my goal with this. I remember spending, when I spent two months teaching in China after my second year at university, I spent two months teaching in a uh, English summer camp in Guangzhou in southern China. And ever since I taught there, I kind of had this inkling towards doing something that was related to education, whatever that might be. And that was always in the back of my mind. And when this came up, I was like, this is a great opportunity to go down that road. So I would always use that publishing company as a way to foster ed education, particularly in lower developed countries, whatever, wherever that might be, specifically war-torn countries, especially because I get so many messages from people to say they don't have access to books. They don't have the money to afford them. Do they have the PDF copies, that kind of stuff? I personally think that the publishing game will change in five to 10 years once people have now have access to the internet that they didn't have before. Mm. That does not mean they will have access to hard copies. However, I believe that people, the amount of people that message me and say, do you have this as a PDF? Do you have this as an ebook? Now, once a publishing company gets the rights to a publishing a, a book and they have it on a PDF, there's no extra cost of someone buying that for a dollar or for $2 to the company because they already have it as a digital form. Now they can sell that for and let's say a book is 10 pounds, for example, a hard copy, and they sell it for a one pound. So it's 10, it's like it's 10 percent of the price. But for that person in that country, that is that's a bargain and they have that as, as a book and they can read it on their phone. Yeah. So for me, that's the goal is to make it accessible to everyone. Now, I think the traditional publishing model will change in time as people get access to the Internet, because you need to find a better way to distribute books. Now we're seeing with what's going on with the moment with the coronavirus, yeah. people, for instance, might the, the, the model might change in, in the sense that people can't ship or they can't get into other countries because of customs, but the internet's the internet. If you had it as a downloadable link or as a PDF, you can have your books available to everyone. Now I don't know why publishing companies haven't done this. Like I don't understand why Penguin hasn't gone, do you know what, we have all these books here. Why can't we just get it into a PDF copy and then put it on our website and people can download it and pay like a dollar or two dollars? I think they can increase their revenue by a lot of money yeah. just just for people. And then people it will give more people access to books. For instance, someone like, for instance, I think this book, I paid like 12 pounds for it. So it's 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson as a hard copy. Now, for me, that's not a big deal. But for someone else, tw paying 12 pounds is a big deal to pay, yeah. to pay for, for a book, which they might not have a, the same passion as I do. Now it's, re, it's about reducing that barrier to entry for me. Like that's my why is reducing that barrier to entry for people who don't have access to books. How do you reduce that barrier to entry? You make it available as much as you can on the internet and eBooks and PDFs. I get so many messages daily from people who are like, do you have this as a PDF? Do you have this as an eBook? And they actually want to buy books from me. There's so many people who are like, do you sell this? Do you sell this? And I'm like, sorry, I don't. And that has to be, that's always in my mind. It's like, how can I put myself in a position where people trust me so that when I'm in a position for them to buy an ebook or buy a PDF, they'll always come to me. 
and be like, yes, he's, he, he, I trust him. I trust what he's doing and, and his vision. And I think that is my why. And that's uh, like, I don't see it as, a, I don't see it as a way to garner attention for me as a personality. Like I've never seen it as, you know, you have those people who go out and, and see it as a way to, to, to garner like advertisements or that kind of stuff. And yes, potentially that might be in the future, but I never see it as me being the, the goal for it. Like I, it doesn't end with me. Yeah. I see it as a lot bigger than me and, and my own personality and, and my personal goals. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's very interesting you say that because I just wanted to um, delve into this a little more deeper because the, the why uh, it's I've discovered very recently myself mm. through um, Simon Sinek's books. And I think he's wonderful. He's one of my favorite um, uh, people who I follow the golden circle and, and everything else that, you know, the, the friends exercise and, you know, finding out or finding, finding your why. Yes. Um, and, and it's, it's turned, you know, in, in your case, if you, if do you, do you think that where you're going with the, uh, the one minute book review and your, I guess your end goal, semi end goal is, is, is the, is the publishing um, business um, does your why sit in line with where where you you want to travel towards and the other things that you're doing in terms of your professional qualifications and does that also sit in in that that why yes exactly i think if for instance my qualification didn't sit within that or the PT thing to bit is that was more of a thing that I wasn't on, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was at a position, I was talking about that period of nine months where I didn't post and I was kind of in between things and I was going through some things some personal things. Uh, and I was like, well, do I want to do the finance? And, you know, I quit my job and I started a new job and do I want to do the, the finance and accounting or do I want to do something else? Do I want to become a PT? So I started to do my PT qualification and that was more, that's more like a side project. I don't see that as a, as a career per se. I think it's always good to have options and I, I see that as an option potentially if I'm maybe doing something like a side business and I need some more income, I could potentially do more PT and, and have more money. So that's how I see it. I don't see it as a full-time career. I see it as a supplement income, but my qualification I see as a, great learning opportunity to learn about certain skills or finance especially yeah. the obviously technical side of finance but also the business side of finance i see at the moment i've changed their modules and they've changed their syllabus to show more digital finance so they're getting to blockchain all that kind of technologies is what we're learning about at the moment so for me it's it's perfect uh, at the moment for, for the next year and a half or so that I've got left to study. It kind of fits into your, your sort of your commercial, the commercial sort of uh, mindset that you need to run a business. With. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously there's no substitute for doing it, but I think for me, there's no rush in doing it because I'm, I'm, I'm the firm believer that I think sometimes I, I don't want to rush into it. For instance, like I want to have, be comfortable and be in a position because the way I see it is if I get my once I get my qualification and I'm in a better financial position once that salary increases I could use that extra income to supplement whatever I'm going to do so it's although it's not something that I want to do now it's something that will help me get to eventually where I want to go 
so that's the way i see it, it just it's going to be like a stepping stone whatever that might be and plus it's um it's like a reputation thing and it's like okay yes he's you know got his instagram channel but you know he's also studied and he's also got a full-time job and he's also hopefully a, a chartered accountant so it, it all helps in bringing the image and bringing that together which is definitely on the forefront of my mind because i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like i'm i'm talking about things and so it's something i'm very conscious about and i'm glad this has come up in conversation is i talk about all these things and the books i've written but uh, uh, the books that i um i read and all that kind of stuff um, and it's very easy for me to come off as if i am i'm the one who has written them but i'm not i'm just the messenger for what other people have written and i'm very conscious of the fact that's the fact so i can't talk about other people's book as if that as if they're my own and that qualification and those qualifications and whatever i'm i'm gonna achieve in my own personal life is just credibility that hopefully helps that's why for instance like a big thing for me once i've completed my qualification is to really commit myself to write that book because i don't think i can legitimately say to people that i am wanting to do this or i know what is good about a book if i haven't gone through the process myself and i haven't done it myself and i haven't put myself in a position that writers put them in like i just don't feel like that's legitimate for me to come from that angle so that's why it's always and to be fair i've always been big into writing like my my subjects at a level were all writing subjects uh, english history economics and politics and i studied politics at university and that was you know basically three years of just writing and that's always been a, a, a passion of mine so yeah it, it's always all working together to to get to that end goal it's it, it, again it's it's very interesting because you talk about credibility and it, especially in, in today's world, credibility and integrity is very much at the forefront um, yep. of what, what people do. We're so exposed to the, uh, on the internet when, if we choose to go onto the internet and mm -hmm. put ourselves out there. I guess, um, you know, from, from your perspective in terms of writing a book and then going down the, this road of a publishing house, but also, uh, you know, if, I guess credibility isn't required um, for investment, um, yep. you know, if you're looking at somebody to invest and you've got this platform with say a hundred thousand or 200,000 followers, and you've, you've, you've started this publishing house or the, so the, 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 um, roots of a, of a public house, publishing, publishing house, that credibility also is very important, isn't it? For yeah, yeah. Um, investment also. Exactly. I think, How, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I think it's very important from everything that I've read is there's always that linchpin of an organization. There's always that one person that takes that organization forward, whether it's your, your Bill Gates, your Steve Jobs, you know, there has been examples from both of them, those two individuals leaving their companies for short or long periods of time. And you see a noticeable dip in performance of those companies. And I think it's very important, especially at the start to have someone who is a credible, cred credible person at the forefront of that organization. So that's why, for me, it's very important to constantly reaffirm to myself is going back to that why, because if I'm not answering why I'm doing it, and this goes down to every single post, like this goes to the granular level of every single post that I put out. Am I putting myself in that position that I want to be in five to 10 years? Because I think by revisiting that, then you're always reminding yourself 
that's why like i i try not to post anything that's too frivolous like i i try my best and if i don't have anything to post like the other day i just didn't post anything i mean what's one day going to do i mean yeah. it's going to not going to make any difference anyway and overwhelming it it is overwhelming at times like i i i'll talk about an example i was recording last weekend and i was recording i was trying to record a, a book review and i don't thank god like i don't suffer from from anxiety or, or all that kind of stuff but i had a borderline anxiety attack from recording like i couldn't even speak into the camera i was like i don't know what's happening right now but like my heart's beating at a thousand beats per minute like and i can't say like there's no words coming out my mouth and i remember just staring at the camera for i think because i had it rolling and i was just staring at it and i'm like i don't know how long it's been so i had a look and it would been like 10 minutes and i hadn't said a word and i was just staring at the camera and no words i had my notes i had like a note but i had my notebook and i had like what i wanted to talk about no words were coming out my mouth and i was just like what what is happening like right now and it's real like there's some people that think that you can just go through that and and part of me felt empathy towards the people who felt like that all the time because i was like that wasn't a nice feeling at all and i i was, I was speaking to my mom about it and i was like she's like are you right and i'm like i think i just had a borderline anxiety attack <laughs> and it was a very new feeling for me and and one in which i i was very grateful to have experienced because i think there is definitely a feeling that people get when they constantly put themselves out there is there is that anxiety and i don't think it comes from the negative feedback that you've got because touchwood i don't really get that much negative feedback because it's not really my opinions really it is my opinions about books but it's books i mean what yeah. negative i'm not talking about you know big political yeah. concepts or things like that sometimes i get negative comments but they're just like you just need to look at the camera more i'm like whatever mate but there is a real thing of getting overwhelmed like by the comments and by the constant questions and it is very real and i've done a better job now of trying to balance my time as much as i can between doing things outside of it and then being on it so for instance every time i leave my room i don't take my phone with me like i only have my phone in reply to comments really in my room like if i'm outside and if i'm out in in the house or with other people then I don't really take my phone with me. And I think having that separation between, between like, this is my room. So it's having that separation is really important because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by it. Uh, you, you talk about um, not having anxiety, but you've tasted a little bit of it. Um, did, you, did you feel after you went through that experience uh, a slightly heightened feeling of self-awareness? good question i've i'd i'd always i've always been a very self-aware person and i attribute that a lot of the time to the things that i've read and and my own personal things that i've read and and religion or, or that kind of stuff are you religious yes muslim and you know i pray as much as i can and and I attribute that to a lot of the self-awareness. And I had an interesting discussion actually with uh, Lucy Barnes, who's another bookstagrammer. And, and we have this, you know, dialogue between the two of us. And we have our own reader's insights on my YouTube channel where we discuss books and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm reaching out to other Insta bookstagrammers and, and doing podcasts and stuff. And we, she is not a religious person and we've been having debates and, and discussions about it. Very open discussions and they've been really great. 
and I attribute a lot of that self-awareness and perspective to the religious aspects of, of my of my life and I think reading supplements that and I think the misconception if we're going to go a bit off topic the misconception especially with Islam is they people think that learning is not encouraged they think like it's just it is what it is and you follow it this is from the discussion I had with Lucy she was like I don't realize there's this much emphasis put on learning and I'm like yes like that it's really encouraged for people to spend time learning to become their own version of like a scholar obviously not a formal scholar but their own version of it so it's constantly reading constantly trying to get as much information as as they can constantly questioning that mindset i think is very important and i had that feeling i want to say in my early 20s when i started to really question it and that was supplemented by reading more with these kind of books behind me and i think the synergy between those two was was really important for me and and having that Going back to your early thing about getting self-awareness from the anxiety, I want to say definitely because, like I said, I've always kind of been self-aware, but I don't, I, I'm very grateful that I went through that experience. And it wasn't like a major experience where I didn't have a breakdown, but it was a, a very real feeling of being like, I can't get any words at my mouth. Like I can't like brain to mouth to camera, which just not working. <laughs> it just wasn't working and that's when you just have to sit back and be like maybe i'm trying like i get it all the time where i get overwhelmed and i'm like maybe i'm just doing too much like maybe you know with the study with the job with the books maybe i'm just trying too much maybe i'm just doing too much and i'm conscious about that in the past i maybe would have just worked through it now i'm like if i'm in a position where i'm feeling those feelings I might just take a step back and be like, maybe just, you know, take a couple of hours or maybe take just that half a day off just to clear your mind. Did you did you ever have that kind of in your earlier uh, part of your life when, you know, at, I guess less so at uni, more probably at school and growing up. Uh, did you have a sort of anxiety? Did you have you experienced it at, 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 as, a, as a young lad? My long-term memory is very bad. And I think it's mainly due to the fact that I don't like to remember most of that early life. But I think, especially at school, I think it was, I was always very quiet. And I always go back to the story. And I've talked about this story a lot on my channel is my mum went in to see a teacher because the teacher called my mum in to have a conversation about me. And my mum's like, what's wrong? What's wrong with Orn? She's like, well, there's nothing really wrong with Orn. It's just the fact that, you know, there's other kids, you know, once we're in break that, you know, play with each other and, you know, are, are playing. And Orn's just kind of sitting in the corner by himself, not really talking to anyone. And she's like, well, I was like, well, is he upset? Is he angry? Like, what, how's he feeling? He's like, no, he's perfectly fine. He's just sitting playing by himself. And I, I listened to that and I'm like, that's so true. And it's, that's just my personality now. Like I can spend hours hours by myself just and i'll be perfectly happy now i have feelings perhaps when i was younger of maybe not anxiety but definitely like shyness to the degree where i, I didn't like to speak like i would i'm people might see my videos and be like oh he likes to speak he likes the sound of his own voice i i really don't like i try my i don't i'm not really much of a speaker as much as you can believe but i think that comes from the fact now it comes from the fact that i don't like to come across in, in a certain way as 
as too out there and and to like the sound of my own voice and i'm very conscious about that but as a kid i just i was much preferred just to sit back and listen and i don't know whether that came from anxiety or shyness i i don't know the definition for that or where that came from but it definitely for me was a fact of i just never really been much of the friend type or the social type or all that kind of stuff I just like to kind of keep myself to myself. I, I don't know. I've never really explored where that's come from. But I think that's just ingrained into my personality now where I don't I, I don't attribute it to anxiety because I feel like that's an actual condition where people really suffer from it. And thankfully, I, I don't. But I have had experiences like I had the other day. But that's more induced by recording. It's not going about my daily life. Like yeah. I've, ne- I've never had that feeling on, on my day to day life. What what when you were at school? What did you struggle with? Everything. <laughs> um, earlier, I so I had this pre GCSE. A GCSE is a form of. Sorry, the reason I'm asking is is I want uh, your followers and listeners to to understand that here's a guy who's achieving massive things. And it's possible for everyone and anyone to do this. That's why I want to, to hear your story. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I, when I was a young kid, I had to go to, mum tells me this, I used to have to go to someone because I never used to talk. So my mum was worried that I couldn't ever talk or there was something wrong with me. So I had to go see someone to help my speech to actually get me to start talking. That was a real thing. And I suffered from dyslexia as a kid. And I'm still sort of, battling that to a degree so i get extra time in my exams which is i'm very thankful for 25 percent always helps and when i was a young kid i really struggled with school and there's no doubt about academically yeah academically i really struggled i want to say up to really up to 14 15 like we have the common entrance exams and i did terribly like i want to say d's e's f's like terribly by the skid of my teeth, I got into secondary school and it was between me and another guy. And the only reason why I got in was because I got like a higher grade in one subject. And that was the only reason why I got in. And, you know, I know the guy and my mum's friends with, with, the, with the guy's mother and seeing the, di- the differences between where we've ended up is kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite creepy to be fair. And um, I look at back at that road that that opportunity that i had and i'm like imagine if i was the other one i just yeah it makes me feel quite emotional because i'm like imagine if i didn't get that opportunity to go to that school that i went to and yeah i feel very thankful for that 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 one grade and that one teacher who uh tim wright tim wright uh sometimes people have huge impacts um, and they don't even know it on an individual, um, and especially usually it's a teacher or a professor. And I, I have two people who I attribute a lot of my stuff to. Is, is one was that Latin teacher that I had at at, sec, at um, primary. I don't know whether you want to call it primary school, but prior to high school was Tim Wright, who was my Latin teacher, and he was a big influence on on me as getting me into the mindset of, you know, you can do more with with the stuff that you're doing you know don't settle for that and that that did help me and he was quite strict teacher to be fair and i think that's what i needed 
I think lacking a figure at home was I needed someone to tell me what to do and, and be very forceful with me. And the other one was a maths tutor, Pauline, is it Pauline Williams. I think it's Pauline Williams. And she, I mean, I, yeah, she, I remember a specific conversation that we had and she was like, on, you have an option here. This is an opportunity to turn over a new leaf. Now you either continue doing the same things that you're doing and you'll end up in the same place as you are now, or you really get your act together and you, you'd make the changes that you need to make. And I remember sitting there and it was a cold day in December. I'd just come from school and I was at our house. She had made some horrendously smelled food in our house. And I was just like, maybe, maybe this, this old lady's right. Maybe I need to get my stuff together. And yeah, I mean, I ended up getting like an A in my maths and, and yeah, I think that was a big impact for me going from at the initial stages of, of schooling and going to my GCSEs and then doing well in my A-levels and then going to university. And I, I always look back at, at those two moments. I think they were very impactful for me, especially that conversation with Pauline. I think I, I, that's the, the one memory that stands out for me from, from my younger education. And I've always had teachers saying to me that, you know, I remember going through my old stuff and sorting out my room and looking at my old like report cards from secondary school. And it's always like, one's doing well, but he could focus more and he could do more. Like it was always, every single subject was the same thing is Orn's attentive, but he could be doing more. And it was always the, but there was always a, but in there, there was always a, and also, and I'm very aware of that now. And I think now looking back at it, I don't want anyone to be like, and also, cause I'm like, I'm want to do as much as I can. So they don't, that report card doesn't say and also it just says it like that's just it Uh, and I think that's what drives me is those conversations I had especially from the negative teachers like that that has I think when I was a kid I always zoned out I think that was my way of dealing with it I never result I've never really been a sort of highly angered person I've always been quite mellow and let things kind of water off the ducks back kind of thing I think as I've got older, I've started to maybe use that as fuel to do stuff. That sort of angst. Because I think it's there. I think everyone has it there. Others... Well, I think it's your winning formula. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think it is what is driving me at the moment. I think I've definitely got into a mindset in the last six months of personal stuff happening at the, the back end of 2018-ish. Um, that was big fuel for, for change. And that was, that was a, like, I feel like it's kind of, you're, you're up against it. And who are you fighting at the end of the day? Are you fighting for things that people are saying about you or are you fighting yourself? I think, I don't know who said it, but there was someone that says like, who is your hero? And your hero is whoever you are in five years. Like, who is your hero? It's you in five to 10 years. So for me, it's like, I have a strong vision, like from what I've told you about what I want to do and who I want to be. And it's working towards that on a daily basis to, to, and it even goes down to the granular level of everything that I do to a degree, obviously not every, everything, but most of the things I do is, is it working towards that? Is it related to that? Is it, you know, related to that? Why is it related to, to the position that I want to be in? And 
that's been my focus and i think that early struggle at school is i mean you hear it from so many people who struggled at school and they've come out the other side so much stronger and and obviously i'm not saying to kids obviously to to purposely do it because that's not you shouldn't do that but it's very real and the discussions i have with people is reforming the education system because i don't think it's i don't think it works for everyone and that would be a big goal of mine is finding working with people to reform the education system in, in a way that makes it you know good for certain individuals who perhaps don't thrive in it and how can we make them thrive in it and how can we make them learn as much as they can through that or give them the skills like i never through once in education did they give me the tools to be like this is why you need to learn or this is why you need to be someone who constantly wants to learn like that was never a thing it's the why again isn't it yeah it, i think that my why is driven by my own personal experiences i think it's driven by the fact that i have been on the other side of teachers not on my side and always battling it in school and I've been very thankful to have great opportunities and gone to great schools and I'm always thankful for that for that. And I want to make sure I'm doing as much as I can to make sure that kids had the same opportunities that I had. But at the same time, I think there's a better way that it can be done. And, and my... one doesn't fit all, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's working with people who are a lot cleverer than I am to come up with a way to yeah. to to do that because I think technology can play such a I mean, I had a conversation with someone over Instagram earlier. And she was a teacher and we were talking about ways that you could do Maya Briggs testing for kids, like a, a, a like a children's version. And then finding perhaps instead of doing classes based on ability, you do them based on their learning ways. So you have, for instance, you either have people, kids who are more, excuse me, who are more visually uh, uh, conducive to learning and more audio based learning. And you you split classes based on that type of learning rather than sets rather than how clever they are what scores they're getting you split it based on their ability to learn perhaps but i'd obviously that could be a way to do it but that's my goal at the moment is definitely going down the education route but then using obviously the the publishing house and you know to do obviously education material to do non-fiction books to do fiction books as well like my personal thing is i want to read more fiction books because i think like I'm reading a book at the moment, which is the science of storytelling by Will Storr. So science, so storytelling is obviously very important in fiction writing, but it's as important as it is in nonfiction writing. And I think as someone who wants to be a writer, I think it's important to understand, but storytelling happens in conversations. It happens in videos. It happens in your blogs. It happens with the way you just carry yourself and how you talk. So it's finding those principles. And I think that's definitely at the forefront of my mind. Did you experience bullying in school? Yes, I think I did. I think I did. It wasn't abusive, but it was definitely racially driven. And it was a very fine line between being a bit of fun and being something that was actually quite hurtful. And I think that's perhaps why at times I kind of went into my shell a bit because I didn't know how to react to it. I wasn't very, I wasn't an angry kid, so I never really retaliated per se. I kind of just laughed it off and ignored them, which I feel like is the best way to go about it. And it's what I do now. If I come across anything, I don't perhaps go into my shell, 
but I definitely can do more to speak out and I have done now. But as a kid, my defense mechanism was just going to my shell and don't say anything. And that was how you, how it impacted you. Yeah, definitely. I think more happened up in here and I still suffer from that is I really struggle to talk about things when it comes to like the way I'm feeling or what I'm going through. I really, I, I want if you're going to talk about my biggest weakness, that is my biggest weakness because the people around me can see that there's something wrong and I struggle to verbalize that by conversation. That's why I have notebooks. Like this is my journal and this is why I write down what's like every morning I write down what the thoughts that I wake up with. It's utter rubbish and I never read it back. Like I never read back what I've written because it's probably just verbatim that no one wants to read. But for me, it's an opportunity to get those words out of my head that I can't out of my mouth. So I think I would encourage people to find whatever that might be, whatever medium that is for you is try and find a way to get your thoughts out of your head because they can be very damaging if you don't. It's the internal dialogue, isn't it? It's that inner voice that uh, basically uh, uh, tells you because it protects you, protects you um, through a negative stand. Yeah. Saying that, look, you, you know, um, out of fear um, in that in the sense that it, it, it doesn't want you to get hurt but what it does actually it actually prevents you from taking action and moving mm. forward uh, it's interesting um, you know I was going to ask you um, what do you fear because you've gone through quite a quite a hefty childhood I mean you know it, it, in school, obviously, it made impacts on you. What What is it that you fear? Good question. At this moment, it's not reaching my full potential. I think from everything that I read, from everything, the conversations that I have, and from my own goals, my biggest fear is not reaching the potential that I've set for myself in my own head. Now, the way that manifests that self is an action most of the time. And my biggest goal is trying to do as much as I can with the time that I have and the opportunities I have with me. Now, my fire, I think, which is parallel to my why, like I think the why and the fire, they, they're conducive to one another because without that why and, and that, without that fire, I think the why sometimes is subdued. And I think having, setting that lofty goal, you always have to be accountable to that and how you're accountable to that is the actions that you take. Now, I'm very aware that I, I'm starting to verbalize this more with my followers and, and on video. So that makes this even more of, I don't want to call it a challenge because I feel like whether it happens or it doesn't happen, I think that shouldn't take away from the fact of working towards it. But it is a very, I don't care if it doesn't happen. Like that fear is not like for me, like I don't care if it, if it happens and or it doesn't happen, but I think the fear for me comes with not doing it or even trying it because I'm very fortunate to have, you know, a degree and I'm working towards a professional qualification. So if anything ever happens, I could always fall like fall back on it. So in my mind, like there's absolutely nothing I can I can lose in the situation. So that's why for me, I feel like everything's working towards it, like at this moment. So my fear is I'm not doing as much as I can on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, I have this goal in five to 10 years. Now, 
I can think about the goal in five to 10 years, but if I'm not doing everything that I can do on a daily basis to get to it, there's no point even thinking about it. So my greatest fear is every single day, am I doing as much as I can? That's it. Like I try and keep it as simple as that because you think, start thinking six months a year down the road and sometimes you get overwhelmed and I've done this. And this is why I, I struggle with goals. Like people like you, you have to write down your goals. And I remember reading a very interesting, uh, listening to a very interesting video by Tim Ferriss. And he's, he talks about not listing your goals, but listing your fears. If you want to go back into the fear is listing your fears rather than your goals. So what is your fear? Because your fears drive your goals at the end of the day. So list out your fears. What are your fears? And that will drive the action that you need to take going forward. If anyone doesn't know who Tim Ferriss is, go check out, check out Tim Ferriss. He's written many good books and does great videos. That one stuck out with me. It was, what am I fearing? Like, what is my fear? And I have thought about this in depth. Like I've, I've asked myself this question a lot and I do write about this a lot in, in my journal is what is, what is the on of 10 to 15 years gonna think of the on today? Like I've, I think about this a lot and it goes back to that feeling of treating my, I, I had this kind of eureka moment. I want to say two, three years ago was taking yourself out of yourself and treating yourself as a third party. Like what, if you were giving advice to yourself, how would you tell yourself to act in this certain situation? Because it's very easy as the individual to get caught up in their own mind. So how can I act as a video game player in my own mind and take the right steps? Because it's a very difficult thing to do. And for me, it, it always goes back to the fact of not reaching that potential or that goal that I've set myself, whatever that might be. And I think having goals is a great thing. Having lofty goals is a great thing. But the in the things you do on the day to day is is more important for me than than having that lofty goal because goals change. Like I could I could start this and two three years the whole dynamic could change. Like I might not have a publishing company. I might go down the influencer route, or I might you know just go into to interviewing. I might get broadcast as part of a channel, and then or now I just do yeah, yeah I do tech yeah. whatever that might be. So yeah. I I don't know where it goes. But if I'm doing as much as I can on a day-to-day -day basis to put myself in position. Now, having experiences like yesterday with Robin Sharma for me is a affirmation of the things that I'm doing. So at times where I feel like it's not going anywhere, because I, regardless of how many followers you have, you there's always that fear that you're not doing enough and you're not. Growing is growing, growing is growing. But I'm much more focused on engagement at the moment then perhaps likes and views is how am I engaging with the people around me? Because people are people, whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, the conversation that we're having right now, people are people and we're social beings. So how am I having as many conversations as I can on the topics that I want to talk about? Because I've learned more. I've, I want to say learn more. I've learned as much from the books that I've read from the conversations that I've had with people on the messaging. Like if you go into my comments, Sometimes, you know, the comments are that long, like, and we had this like eight chats on the same person and they're like that long, like having those conversations is so important. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I just want to go back to, um, this, 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 I want to mention to you, it's Simon Sinek's quote, uh, going back to the why, um, people don't buy as in purchase, don't yeah. buy what you do by why you do, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's classic Simon Sinek, isn't it? It's, and he, 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 he expresses it so well, doesn't he? Yeah, precisely. And, and 
you know he gets a lot of like a lot of the bookstagrammers don't particularly like his material because they over they feel like it's oversimplified now i feel like that's a bit pretentious but whatever whatever person's someone's personal opinion is it's making accessible to all people like his message is simplistic to a degree and he is quite repetitive in the book but that doesn't take away from the the message itself and that quote is is obviously a great quote and i think it's something that whether you're jeff bezos or whether you're just starting out you need to ask yourself that question and i ask myself the question all the time because if you're not asking yourself that question you're just in my mind you're just wasting your time because if you don't know why you're doing it then why are you doing it and i even I put out um, five points that I learned from the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins today. And the fifth one was know why you're doing it. Like if you're doing something, if you can't answer the question why you're doing it, then the chances are it's not good for you. <laughs> so or it's wrong for you. Yeah. Or it's wrong for you. Yeah. yeah whether it's good or wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I do now as well. Is, am, I, is, am what I'm doing beneficial to me in five to 10 years? Because yes, it could be beneficial for you for a week. But once that week's over, is it? has that time been productive towards getting to that five to 10 years? And that's something that I always obviously have that trade off in my mind. Who's your role model? Good question. I, no one in particular. I, I don't, I don't, people have people who they want to be like, I don't want to be anyone that I see. I want to be me but I want to be the best version of me. Like I never, I've never, and still as a kid, I was never jealous of anyone. I was never, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be, you know, I'm a big, I'm passionate about my sport and, and golf in particular. Like I've never wanted to be like, oh, I wish I was Tiger Woods. or I wish I was Phil Mickelson. I wish I was Rory. Like, no, they're their own individual people. I wish to be in a position where I'm living to the potential that they are, that that's my that's my role model it's myself to their potential and that has always been my goal is like i've never wanted to be any other person but myself but i've wanted to be the best version of myself so that's my role model going back to what i said earlier is about i want to be the person in five to ten years that i see now as being a that person like i have a very clear image of the person that i want to be in five to ten years and just working towards that, whether that comes to fruition or not, but at least I can live with the fact of, of whatever happens. How, 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 I mean, it's interesting you say that. I'm going to flip it now. How do you feel that potentially, you, well, you are a role model to your followers? That's a very weird feeling, even like that, even you saying that it's weird because people trust what I say and they take my recommendations to heart. Like I get, I'm getting a lot more pressure. That's a good question. I think I feel pressure from myself more than them. And let me expand on this a bit more. I feel pressure from myself because I don't want to come across fake or I don't want to come across as if I'm not genuine to what I'm talking about or I don't want to come across that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm just just saying things because I feel like I want to say them, you know, and that's where the pressure comes from me internally. Whether someone, whether someone reads a book or not, it's, that's up to them. But for me is if my message is on point and I've come from the right place and the intention is correct, 
then I can go to sleep knowing that I haven't tricked someone or told them false information or just said something to them because it was flippant and I don't really care. Like, for instance, I get a lot of messages in different languages. So I get messages in Arabic that are written in Arabic or Spanish. And I take the time to go onto Google Translate and copy and paste them back and forwards in their own language. Now, I do that purely because I know that those individuals are seeking something that they can't get from someone else around them. Now, I'm very empathetic to that. I'm very empathetic to the fact that someone is living in a, an environment that they don't have access to information or people that are like-minded to them. Now, I take that very personally as something that I need to do. If someone's reaching out to me and communicating with me, it is my responsibility to get back to them, regardless of what they're asking for me. And if it's in a different language, like I have a friend called Mateus and his English isn't great. And he always messaged me in Spanish, but I always message him back in Spanish. Like I would, I remember having a conversation with him over Instagram once and it, it went on for about an hour and a half because I spent most of the time going onto my phone and this was in the comment section. So you can't copy and paste the comment. So I had to go onto my computer, type in into on Spanish into English, get the translation, copy and paste it into my notes on my computer. So it came onto my phone so I can copy and paste them and copy, paste, copy and paste it back into the comments. So for me, it's about the pressure is, am I putting the best version out there of myself to my followers? It's not about, am I making myself look like I am like the Lord of all information and people should come to me to get all the information. No, like you can go to wherever you want to get your information. But if you want someone or to, you want to listen to someone who is genuinely saying the things that he believes to be true, then that's, that's what I aspire to be. And that's where the pressure comes from me. It doesn't come from other people. Well, it does come from other people because obviously they're, they're listening to me, but the pressure comes internally because I want to make sure that the message that I put out, I believe in, because it has to start. If I don't believe in what I'm talking about, then it's not going to come across genuine to, to anyone else. So that's, that's my main thing. That's my main goal. Yeah. It, it's a, again, that's to me, that sounds like integrity, real deep inter integrity. It's 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 a bit like you know, and and I have. It's a a lot of people I guess uh, come on the internet uh, and they get, the initial intention may not be this, but they get they get washed away with looking good. Or wanting to look good, um, and what happens is that the outside, it becomes different to the inside, mm. um, and I think you know you you seem to have a very good handle of. You know, you're, that self-awareness piece comes in again, doesn't it? I, I personally, to, to elaborate now, need to do a better job maybe of showing people the other side of what I do. Because everyone obviously sees like the videos that I put and the conversations I have. And I have dabbled in vlogs a bit, behind the scene vlogs and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely need to do a better job of showing people perhaps what it takes to do the stuff that I'm doing. And showing people that, yes, some days you'll have to get up at 4.30 in the morning and you'll have to do two and a half hours of work before you go to work and sometimes you have to you know stay up until you know 11 and reply for two and a half hours like the other day I spent pretty much two and a half hours straight replying to people's messages now someone's online on Instagram and you have 50 messages to reply to back to them but they want to have a conversation with you you can't leave that conversation like someone's having a conversation it's like 
it's like me and you having a conversation someone else replies to me and, and i just go over and talk to that person and completely ignore you like no one's going to do that in like unless you're completely socially inept you're not going to do that in person so why do people expect to do that on social media like someone is there in present having a conversation with you why are you not engaging with them as much as you can yes obviously someone might listen to the be like Orn has a reply to my message yes maybe not immediately because hopefully they have the awareness to know that there's other people and there's quite a lot going on but i do my best to make sure if someone is reaching out to me i reach back to them as as soon as i can because that is all i it's not all i have but that is why i do it because i want to make sure that the people that i'm reaching out to feel as if they are leaving the conversation either with the answer that they're looking for or with that spark to then go do something if a conversation fizzles out and they haven't left that thank you or thank you for taking the time i feel like i haven't done enough for them to in whatever that might be and that's why how i try and leave every conversation with it's like thank you or you're welcome or whatever that might be and or leave a conversation a channel open for conversation in the future because I, I get regular people who, who comment on my stuff and, and send me messages and engage in conversations. And I try and encourage conversations. For instance, I've messaged someone to just now that I haven't heard from in a couple of weeks. And I just asked him if he was okay. Because the way I see it, it's, it's, it's not just about being this person who gets likes and follows and comments in the page because i get as many comments as i get in the comment section in on my posts that i do in my dms i can't prioritize what people see from because people don't see the the work because i think a lot of people don't understand that a lot of work goes on behind the scenes and replying to people it's not just what happens in the feed Oops. all they see is what happens in the feed and there is so much time spent replying to people and you have to love it like that's what i'd say to anyone is you have to love engaging with people and spending time talking to people because if you don't love that part of it it gets very very you have to be overwhelming patient. yeah i i think that if you want to talk about strengths that's always been one of my strengths i think i don't know where it's come from but i think definitely growing up has been a big part of that and, and what i've gone through but that is definitely my biggest strength is I've always been a very patient person. And I'm, I'm willing to, to wait 20 years, 30 years for, for whatever I've, for what I've just talked about to happen. Like I'm not, I'm in no rush whatsoever. And that's not because I don't want to do it. Cause if I did have the opportunity, I'll do it tomorrow. But it's more the fact that do I have the necessary skills now to do it? No, I don't believe I have the necessary skills right now to do what I want to do to the best of my ability. Now, I see it as a way of, do I, you only wanna do something, this is the way I see it, this is my personal opinion, you only wanna do something if you have the necessary skills to do it at that moment in time. Now, I don't feel like I have the necessary skills. So I will make sure that I have that before I go and embark on anything that I, I wanna do, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, and, and, and I, I think, you know, you clearly have a lot of responsibility. And I, and I look at, you know, your followers on Instagram as your family. You have, obviously, your, your family, but they are also, in quotation marks, your responsibility because you're putting out content. Uh, as you I, I treat them as, like, 
OMBR Club, like I created OMBR Club uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's like my email newsletter that I needed that I started to roll out. And I treat it as a club slash family. Like if someone replies to me and, and takes the time because people have replied to my email that I sent out and they send me an email back, I treat them as if they're my extended family because they take the time and effort to reply to my comments. They take the time and to watch my videos. It's as if they're part of my family that that spends that time to engage with me. Yes, they might not be my close family, obviously, but they are, they engage with me and they they talk to me maybe more than my family do at times. And I treat them very much the same way. Like I treat them with respect. If they leave a comment, I always tell them, thank you for your comment. Thank you for your message. Thank you for taking the time. Just because it's on social media doesn't mean they're not real people. And I've always had that in the back of my mind. And I think it's a big factor in perhaps why I've grown in a certain way. Is I've always come with that mindset and humility from the fact that they are people and you need to treat them like people and you need to be respectful and you need to give them the information and the value in such a way that they come across inspired in a way to to go and read because that's all I see myself as is the the starter to to them you know just reading and, and engaging more yeah and you know uh, I was going to go on to saying that um clearly you know, you, your, your time is precious. Um, it requires a discipline, doesn't it, to manage it all? And you talked about discipline because you've actually posted something about discipline. Yeah, I always go back to the quote by Jocko Willink in his book, Extreme Ownership. He was, Jocko Willink was a Navy SEAL and he has his famous tagline called Discipline Equals Freedom. And ever since I read that book, I've always been like, this is, there's something about Navy SEALs. Yes, that you've got some that are just a bit crazy and they're just, you know, a bit off the chain, but you have others that are like, yes, like whatever you've gone through in your training, that's done you a world of good. And I try and learn as much as I can from people with different experiences. And the thing that I've taken from him is you have to be disciplined, like whatever that might be. And it's something that I work towards as much as I can to be as disciplined as I can, whatever that might be, whether it comes to my study, whether it comes to my job, whether it comes to the book stuff that I do, am I, and it goes back to the day-to-day -day stuff, like am I doing what I can do on a daily day, daily basis to put myself in that position? And discipline is, is the foundation for that, what, whatever discipline that has, and, and it changes for in each individual. Like, for instance, people say to me, it's like, how do I find more time to read? I'm like, well, I always start with find something that you're interested in reading. Like don't go and read Letters from a Stoic by Seneca and that's translated straight from Latin and it's a book on philosophy that's a letters to his his student Lucilius. That's not gonna if like read a commentary if you want to read something like that or read something that's an introductory book. Don't go straight into something that's way too complicated because you'll get bored. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. It's not supposed to overwhelm you. It's supposed to be a vehicle for further learning. And very rarely do I read a book and I'm like, that's completely changed my mind. It, it's a foundation. Like you read one, you read another, there's good points, there's bad points. It starts piece together and becomes a, you form a better understanding of yourself and the way that you operate. I forgot the question you were asking. <laughs> no, it is, it is the about the, yes, the, the discipline. Yes, yes, the discipline. I think 
a lot of people struggle with that. And I always encourage, if we're going to go back to some books that I've read, is Atomic Habits by James Clear. He talks about 1% better a day. Just do something for five minutes. If you want to get into reading, read for five minutes, read five pages for a week, but then put it down after five. And then just be like, okay, I'm going to do that the next day. And then after a couple of weeks, you do 10 pages. And then you do 10 pages. And then a couple of weeks later, you do 20 pages a day. Like, it's not a race. Like, who are you racing against? Because someone came back to me and he said, look, one day I read 200 pages in the day, but then I didn't read for two months. I'm like, well, if you read 10 pages a day for 20 days, you would have got the same position. Like, just break it down to the most simple facts and then and then do that. And my opinion of it is, like, at the moment, we can't go out and go to the gym, for instance, because we're in quarantine. Like, what do what do we do? Like, for me, it's make the most of what you have. You know, you have a garden you have some bands, just go do something or go for a run for 20 minutes. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, like you're squatting like 110 kilos or something. Just do the best that you can with the situation that you have. Like, I think when I started the channel, I wanted to have like the perfect equipment. I wanted to have like the perfect setup. I want to have the perfect lighting or everything to be like the most perfect the way it looked. And I had this realization of like, oh, who cares? Just just do it. Just put it out there and, and see what happens. So yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. I think being genuine to yourself and having that discipline is way more, way more important because I've seen people who put out videos and they look perfect, but they look too perfect. Like where's the, where's the, the personality. And I think that's, I think something that I perhaps didn't get across so well at the start was my own personality but I'm starting in this more long form form of content, I think starting to get my personality out there a bit more that I didn't in the past. And I hope, I, something, I hope something like this will also um, sort of positively expose you um, in terms of um, your, your readers and, and your followers um, to be able to understand. Yeah, I think I've, I probably haven't done a, a good enough job to maybe explain what my why is what my purpose is but i think it's perhaps in its infancy a bit too much maybe to, to state that but hopefully they they get an idea of, of what i'm working towards they they obviously don't know I, i've never really talked about the publishing stuff or because it's not it's not really like who cares I like it's it's not their it's not their they're not employees of mine like they don't have to to seek my vision obviously i mean they do listen to me so it'd be nice for them to know but I don't harp on about it because they want, uh, essentially, they just want to know the best books to read. Yeah, yeah. Granular. What, what, what is the best book you've read? What is your favorite book? I get this question all the time. I get this question all the time. Um, see, it depends. It depends where my mind is and what I'm focusing on. And I have three books that I always go back to. The first is the one I showed you earlier, which was 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. I think this book for me, when I've, I've read it, ooh, I want to say I've read it three times and I've listened to the audiobook. I want to say another four times. So this book, I always go back to if I'm looking for something which has philosophy, has science, has some theology to it, but it, he's a trained psychologist. And for me, it's, it's one of those books where it completely changed my idea of personal growth and and how to achieve a more 
polished and determined version of yourself which i didn't have prior to reading it so i would encourage 12 rules of life by jordan b peterson the other book was can't hurt me by david goggins i think his story is an amazing story navy seal you know went through way of a more difficult childhood than anyone i've ever read before came out of it was a navy seal army ranger training and now an ultra marathon runner uh you know had a hole in his heart that he didn't even know about did all that stuff with a hole in his heart and yeah it's a crazy story and same i've read that one multiple times uh, and the other one is the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday my i would say my favorite author is ryan holiday big onto stoicism the ancient roman philosophy of, of stoicism and in the book obstacle is the way he talks about tactics and strategies based on philosophies of ancient ancient stoic philosophers and their ways of approaching dealing with obstacles and i always fall back on those three as if anyone asks me for recommendations i usually recommend at least one of those three books because they're always the books that stick into my mind now there's books that are offshoot off that and i could go for an hour talking about the books that that i think are great but those three for me i, I felt like were turning points that i felt different at towards myself after reading it and books that i always go back to i think if there's books that you always go back to i think that you know you've come across a good book uh, for you because it depends on the individual but i always get positive messages from people who have read the books that i've suggested to like i've got a message from someone saying they've read 12 rules for life after my recommendation and it's the best book they've ever read so for me that means like i feel my recommendation came from a genuine place and then his reading came from a genuine place and then he felt like that was his favorite book he's ever read like for me like that is why i do it there there's no other reason than someone coming to me and saying look i read one of the books you recommended and it was the best book i've ever read i'm like i there's no other way that you can top that for me like that is the best feeling maybe a message from robin sharma but apart from that um audible or reading physical reading both 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 i i believe i believe they supplement one another okay i think with all the three books that i just said my top three books i got them an audiobook before i read the physical book okay and i think they supplement one another and i think that people should use them not as comparisons but as supplements see if for instance you're reading a book on habit formation and you're reading atomic habits by james clear and you're reading that as the hard copy now you could go in the car you could go for runs you could go to the gym you could be around the house and you can listen to the power of habit by charles duhigg now i encourage people to read different books on the same topic because you get the good points and the bad points about certain books and you can compare philosophies and ideas that people have on certain topics because then you can get what's positive and negative about each author and you might align to a certain way of, of speaking and narrative to one author and, and not to another but i use them i i don't say to people like one's better than the other because i use audiobooks as much as i do use you know the physical copies so i don't have a quote-unquote preference i think there's just a time and a place for each one ebooks i don't do really to be fair I, I don't like reading off a screen but i do like listening to it and i do like reading the physical copy because i like taking notes in the book and i like highlighting a lot i think i get a lot of, lot of questions from people saying they struggle to remember the things that they've read 
and I always encourage people to have their highlighter, have their pen, have their book and have their notebook and just go to town. Like go to t- like a book is not something it's not an ornament. It's it's a it's a physical document that you need to spend time with. Like it's not something that should just sit on your shelf and be an ornament to your you know furniture. It's not like a chair. It's like it's not it's not like a, a fancy coffee table it's you have to get like down and dirty with the book and and really spend time in it and write in it and highlight it and and question it and is this right is this wrong is what he's talking about correct like just use it as a vehicle to understand more not just as a as an ornament for for your life like i think a lot of people just kind of see books and like i want to have a large library or like i want to you know buy more books and i'm like well why because i feel like so like reading more books is a good thing but i think also on the flip side of that is if you're reading a book a day i'm like how much are you actually learning from the book that you're reading because people always ask me like how can i read faster i'm like that's the wrong way to approach it like you should be asking how can i implement the things that i'm reading better and for me, that's reading multiple books on the same topic from different authors. And it's also like writing down your thoughts on the book as you go through it, because it ingrains the thoughts in your mind. And I've read, for instance, let's say 12 Rules for Life multiple times, and I've got different things at different times of reading it because of where my mind was at during the period in time which I read it. So that plays a massive role in it as well. Like perspective on a certain topic plays a massive role in it so let's say if i've read a book and I, i'm not really connecting with it i'll maybe put it down and do start another book but i will come back to the other one in time because i might have a different perspective to it than 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 before so i would say those are my three on a massive tangent but those i'd say with my three favorite books that i always recommend to people because having a favorite is having a favorite but i think the ones that you recommend to people are automatically your favorites because you're putting trust in your recommendation and yeah those those three i would say is i've got i can i can go on a massive tangent about other books but i think for me personally they've had the greatest impact on me yeah books are um which which you really don't get you know holding a book and actually reading it as opposed to sort of listening to it it's, it's a very different um, experience um i actually find with books that talk about stories and personal experiences audiobooks i find a lot more helpful okay because i feel like you're experiencing it with them like i wouldn't read uh, a technical book let's say if i'm reading like astrophysics for people in a hurry by neil degrasse tyson the audiobook would be great but i kind of want to be in the book and or a book on philosophy like i want kind of want to be like deep philosophy like if you want to go into like seneca or marcus aurelius like you want to get in the book and 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 you know feel it and, and get into it but if you're reading a book let's say like shoe dog by phil knight the, the the founder of nike it's a story and it's a great story and you you can kind of feel the story as you're listening to it and especially if they're the one who's narrated it you can kind of get the idea and experiencing with them and there's a different feel to it like with can't hurt me by david goggins he did something that no one's ever done before because he was an audiobook but it was a podcast so after every chapter they had a discussion about the, and he gave like bits in the book that was in the book and he elaborated and you get a different feeling from the book it's not just the physical copy of words that you get and i think that's why audiobooks play a really important role because you get a different feeling if it's read from the author 
Interesting. Uh, on, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to sign off. So I, I usually ask this um, as uh, sort of as we're sort of tailing, tailing off. Um, if there's anything that, is there anything that you want to say um, to contribute to the listeners in terms of, you know, as a summary because we've been we've been now at this about hour, hour and 20 25 minutes oh great that's gone quickly yeah, yeah so is there anything that you want to say put them on the spot uh i would say to people is spend time trying to understand who you are as a person i think everyone has people around them or society in general trying to tell them who they should be or who they you know, who they are supposed to be and really spend time in your mind and reading and noting down and writing your thoughts to try and understand who you are. And as a result, you try and figure out who you want to become. I think a lot of people look at external people and to try and determine where they want to go. But I'm a true believer in the fact that you already know who you want to become you just have to mine it out of you and you have to spend time with yourself to try and find that who that is and i want to leave on a, on a note where people think that accumulating knowledge is you know, reading other books and and obviously learning from people around you which is great but the way i see knowledge and i can't remember who i got this from was you're mining the information like it's a mining it's a mining exercise rather than a grabbing exercise you are picking away your initial thoughts and ideas and you're finding you know diamonds in the rough that you can come and, and put into your into your you know backpack for life and and help you navigate through through life in in a way that is conducive to what you want to do um, instead of just taking on information that that you know might be subjective at times and and not beneficial to you so really spend time with yourself to to try and understand the way in which you operate as a person to understand where you want to go that's what i'd really encourage people spend time as much time as you can by yourself obviously without being feeling lonely and quarantine's a great time for that like yeah it's it's I'm a great time to, to to really to really spend time you know reading more understanding yourself more and i think i've talked to i talked about this with lucy a, a couple of days ago is i think quarantine has opened the eyes of many people who feel like they have to spend their times around other people i think people will come out the other side of this feeling that oh maybe i didn't need to spend that time with that person because i feel perfectly fine without them and that's not to say that they shouldn't be social it's the fact that maybe people spend too much time seeking validation from other people that perhaps they don't need to and i have always benefited from staying within myself and within my own thoughts as much as i can i'm obviously open to criticism as much as i can or, or feedback but i trust my instincts and i trust my my thoughts and i think that's because i've spent so much time asking myself difficult questions about myself so i'd really encourage people to ask themselves difficult questions about themselves because you find out so much about yourself that you wouldn't if you didn't ask those questions that's really interesting interesting and i i just want to sort of summarize and finish off by um <clears throat> sort of i guess uh giving you a uh, summary of you know my perception of of this discussion and this interview um i think you're a very thoughtful guy by the way uh i think that you um have come through quite a lot um especially in the early years yeah. um 
I think you speak beautifully. Thank you very much. I, I, I don't see any kind of um, difficulty in, in, in public speaking, so, so to speak. So I think you do it really well. Um, don't see any dyslexia, to be honest with you. You know, but here's the, here's the thing. I, I, I want to just quickly uh, relate to you in the things that you have pointed out. Um, so I suffer from anxiety. Um, I have suffered for quite a long time, loss of breath example mm. and it still happens i'm 54 and i still get it um you know for me to do this what i'm doing it's taken me a long long time to get to where i am now and i'm you're my third episode you're my mm. third guest um you know uh, so loss of my voice as you had uh, uh, pointed out um yeah. education was very difficult like yourself my teachers actually used to compare me to my older brother um, which yep. uh, was was a big problem, <laughs> um, and yep. and you I know, know how that uh, is. yeah, and at that time, you know, going back a long, long way, they used to uh, plaster our results on uh, the board uh, for everyone to see, and I was, you know, the lone hole at the bottom of the list, so everyone could see that. So those those are things that really impact you as uh, as you grow up. Yeah. But um, I, what I do want to say before we, we say goodbye is that um, to the listeners is that on actually uh, is my nephew, uh, my sister's son, and I'm his uncle. And it has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, there are things that you have said to me that, you know, I've, I've, I've watched you grow up and you're a young man uh, and you're an incredible young man. And I'm not saying that because you're my nephew i'm saying that because you are an incredible human being that's sitting in front of me thank you very much i thank you for the time that you've given me i'm really really grateful to you oh, thank you very much it's been great fun yeah having yeah, this I conversation this format yeah <laughs> i think I, it's been it. uh... i've really loved it uh thank you very much so what we'll do is when we um when we air it all all of on's details will be on um uh, the post and by all means you know, get in touch with him. He's an awesome guy. Um, not only because he's my nephew, but he is an awesome guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, thank you very much. Signing off. Um, stay safe. Wash those hands. Yes. And, thank you, everyone. Uh, um, enjoy.